And we're here once again in the friendly confines of you don't need to know where we are for another edition of the KG and Fifth Ward Wildcat podcast. And here I am, the Fifth Ward Wildcat scores for the past weekend up till uh, Tuesday of this week. Uh, the Starting with HBU, the women went uh, split for the weekend. They won a, uh, they beat Block Tech 3 2. Uh, women's volleyball, then they lost to A&M on the road, 3-0. Uh, men's soccer lost to San Diego State, 1-4. And women's soccer beat Southern, 6-0. Once again, the swag. Oh, my goodness. Rice volleyball. Rice, uh, the Conference USA started uh, conference play this week. And women's volleyball went 1-1 at uh, the uh, Chile Fillmore SFA Invitational. Then they opened up the week. On Tuesday, I think that was Mr. Uh, Mr. U of H Cougar, yes, sir, against my alma mater, and they got swept in the Tudor 3 zip. That's what I wanted to hear. I want to hear it out of you. And folks, when basketball season starts, you're going to hear a lot of things. A lot of things. And let me finish this out. U of H football came back from the. From a miracle. Came back from playing like crap or half. Whatever. You got it done. You got it done. You Cougars got it done on the road at the joke. In Ruston. In Ruston. 35-34 win over La Tech, folks. And they're trying to move up the level, the, the ladder. Uh, women's soccer beat Ulala, Louisiana Lafayette, 2-0. Women's volleyball opened uh, once again, uh, just mentioned, but it, it stands to be reading you whenever U of H beats Rice, you got to let folks know who's in charge. Am I wrong, sir? Well, I mean, this one goes that far. It's good to be Rice. It was a good crowd. Uh, you know, we'll talk more about it in a few minutes, but uh, it was an exciting match, I must say. And the last goal for the weekend was Texas Southern football. Won that first game. They beat Texas College at Butler Stadium. Uh, no score. Uh, I wasn't there. And, folks, I'm just going to say it just like this. The information was not available on the website. <laughs> you going to throw certain people under the bus who you won't name? <laughs> if, if you should update your website. All right. All right that's the reason. No, I did. That for a reason. Yeah, I, I got that you. for a reason. Okay, now let's get into the comments and and opinions for the, for, for the day and for the week. Timing is everything. It's, it's almost like it was distance for us to be late this week putting this together. Well, let's see. I mean, and touch on two things. I mean, because you know it was it was Texas College. It was forty nine to six, thanks to the SWAC website, as opposed to the TSU Ball website. That's what it is, right? TSU Ball. That's what it is. And I know Prairie View came from ahead and lost to Arkansas Pine Bluff thirty six twenty nine. TSU plays tomorrow. Saturday, one one o'clock, I think, at Delmar versus right. Alcorn. Yeah, I hope it's going. I hope I don't expect it, but I hope a crowd is, is a, as good a crowd as it was for the TS Texas Southern game against uh, Prairie View. One o'clock tip off, kick off, kick off some Martin basketball already. But hopefully, you'll come out and support the uh, Tigers in Alcorn. But let's talk about it. today is Friday. Oh, uh, before you get to that, folks, today is twenty-two days and counting before. Basketball gets going in the area, and the, the cougar sitting across from me is excited. He's tapping his feet. Oh yeah, well, around, screaming and hollering, letting folks know his roar and all is getting getting bigger now. Well, well, that's true because that's the 
So, what is it? The, uh, October 15th? The, the, the official old start, yeah. Midnight Madness start, whatever. But last year or so, especially on the women's side, they can teams can begin practice 40 games, 40 days before their first game of the season. So I think the U of H women start practice October 4th. So, uh, and of course, you and I both know uh, that, that teams have already done their individuals or workouts. So, I mean, it's not like the players and coaches haven't done anything all summer. So they, they, everybody should be in condition. It should be an interesting year for Coach Todd Buchanan and his very young women's team. As well as Coach Dane Dickey and the men's team. I think Coach Dickey has eight new guys on his team right. as well. And I think Todd's got maybe even ten new guys on women on his team. So that's yeah. going to be interesting to see. And he's got a step in transition. That that too. Uh, so let's talk. Let's talk on, touch on that real quick. Uh, Chandy Jones, player. former player, Chandy Jones, legend, U of H legend in basketball, all American, all, American, all everything. Helped lead the uh, Cougars under Coach Curl's guidance to uh, two straight NCAA tournament appearances. She's now back as the Vita coordinator. And uh, Brittany Mason is now the grad assistant on the staff. So kudos to uh, Coach Buchanan to doing one of the things he said he'd do when he uh, got hired was to establish that bridge, reconnect that bridge between the current program and the uh, previous and the predecessors. So that's, that's a positive. Um, let's talk about all this conference realignment stuff. And it's stuff because I want to go back to last week. Yeah. Our last podcast, yeah. we were talking about everybody else. We were talking about a and we were talking about Texas, we were talking about Oklahoma, we were talking about Oklahoma State, we were talking about Missouri, we were talking about all these other schools. Then you got and then on Thursday and Friday, you got hit Saturday, with what? Syracuse, you got hit with what? Syracuse and Pittsburgh saying, we have been accepted or have applied to the ACC and, and ACC accepted out of the blue. That was clearly out of the blue. Called everybody off, off guard. And so much so, the uh, Big East commissioner did not learn about it until he was at, he learned about it at a football game. Right. That's how he heard about after the, the news. Fact. After the fact. So after the fact that ACC already accepted Syracuse and Pittsburgh. Syracuse, of course, a founding member of the Big East. The one that's left to go to the ACC. And that, oddly enough, that's a basketball move because that's not a football move at all. I mean, because neither one. Pittsburgh is is decent, but they're not as good as they used to be in the the past. Their football has been good since back now. So, yeah. So, So that's a basketball move. So, the ACC is now 14 members. And briefly, I want to give this a little comment on this so we we can, can go at it. I kind of enjoyed the fact that it was kept close to the vest and kept quiet. I because all we've heard down here yeah. is every damn day Texas and Orange Bloods this and sources say this by the Aggies and this mailers it. doing that and uh, and this, that and the other. And yet props to Syracuse president, Pittsburgh president, the ACC people involved for keeping everything secretive until they had an announcement to make. And bam. That's that's you know, I don't know, we are journalists, media types, not so much us, you know, the, the paper guys and the really online journalist, journalists, they are paid to kind of break stories and beat everybody to the punch with, with breaking news and scoops. Sometimes, but sometimes just, a, lot of, a lot of this stuff that they report hasn't, hasn't come true. Right. And, and sometimes it's better to be right, right than first. Just keep Calhoun was correct in making, in making that statement. Have your facts. Correct. Have your facts. 
because sometimes being first is not always good. Correct. You, you can get without a doubt get bitten in the butt behind that. So what? Okay, that, uh, that I, happened. You want to touch? You want to take touch on that? Also, talk, on, touch on, on, on the, I mentioned on uh, about some an involvement conferences having speak having spoken together and attempted to hold what I call regional rivalries and, and regional travel uh, bases of, together, especially recruiting bases. And it's, it's, it'll rectify a lot of the travel because it's on it's between the Rockies and the western Mississippi, which involves two conferences, which folks have now found out they've, they've spoken. It's uh, Conference USA and the Mountain. What it will entail is not every school will be involved in the changeover. It'll mostly involve the schools out of Texas and the schools in the Mountain West on this side of the Rockets. Schools that won't be involved will most likely move back to the WAC, the original WAC, and that will make them keep them viable. Now, in the process, with all this other stuff going on, from what I was told, it'll be basically just, you know, SMU, TCU, uh, not, uh, well, they will attempt to bring right. TCU back. And basically now, uh, knowing Del Conte like I do, he's paying, his, he's paying attention to everything that's going on around him. And I'm pretty sure his contract put him still that, that he's, his, uh, uh, paperwork that he's he's turned into the, to the Big East. Basically, said the things are not uh, are shaky. I might as well stay where I am, where I know everything's okay. Yeah. And, and and it would all boil down to holding on to a BCS full situation guaranteed to that, that that particular conference. And as my compadre across from me knows for a fact, the Mountain West was started because of basketball rivalries because they weren't a, a football conference at that time. True, correct. And they became an automatic qualifier. And once again, I don't know, still don't know how this, how this happened, but ESPN got involved and agreed to help them and pass it along. But now that Fox has basically put their foot down on the West Coast, it puts everything in flux now. Right. And we can talk about, because... And see, this stuff, I guess we can have to mention and acknowledge, but we don't know if it's factual. Thursday is word coming out that TCU had replaced BYU as a front runner to go to the Big 12. Right. Which is different than Tuesday when the Mountain West was hoping to convince TCU not to go to the Big East. Right. So all those things, you know, it's all like, like you and I said in previous podcasts. Um, you and I heard earlier in this, this week that there were even discussions behind closed doors about my school uh, being involved in places that folks hadn't had even yeah. publicized and we, yet. And we can't do so. Trust me when I when we say there are other things that have been discussed behind closed doors that the listeners have no idea it has not been made public. So. You ain't hear it here. You, you, you ain't heard it here. You have. You haven't heard it. You, you may not hear it until it, it happened. Um, but I would go back on my rant about Dan Beebe. <laughs> and and you got your wish. 
because Big 12 and Dan Beebe reached an agreement, whatever you want to call it, a mutual separate, separation. When you get a million dollars, you want your money. So he's no longer uh, commissioner of the Big 12. Chuck Ninus, is it Ninus or Ninus? Yeah. He's not interim of, of the Big 12, which may be good, may be bad. I mean, he, it depends on how friendly he is with the lost dials. But Chuck has his... his handprints on almost the majority of the hires in the Big 12, the ADs and stuff, he, he recommended for jobs at their, right. their current position. And, and so I find that interesting basically because uh, my, my personal choice, because I was asked about this yesterday, somebody called, you know, sent me a uh, text and all, and I mentioned Rob Carolla, who's in charge of football uh, championships right. mm-hmm. and all, because I think he, he would be a, a good commissioner in, uh, interim, and then we'll learn his way, uh, find his way around, because he doesn't have, from what I understand in, in my talkings with him, he doesn't have the the foot on his neck or the, or the gorilla on his back that is a longhorn, and and he rides it, he carries it on his shoulders and stuff, and takes them around. So he's not a longhorn puppet. No, sir. Okay. So that, well, that's good. Um, because basically, you and I know. Would he have to apply for that job? Now you know that's interesting. Because but, I mean, if, if, if Chuck is board, interim, so he's not going to be the new. He's no, not going to be the new commissioner. And nobody actually really wants that because of what's going on. They don't want to be dealing with because it, it's more than just the conference itself. Right now, you're dealing with everything. You you I'm saying about contracts, TV, radio, teams moving in and out. Um, everybody's on. You know, every man for himself. And you got to control all of that. And in the process, you get an article this morning with the Lost Dawes speaking, basically on behalf of the Big Twelve. From the, from from what I read, you know, it's, uh, it's it's just interesting how. Oh yeah, let's let's get it. Let's get into that. This and this shows you last Thursday night. It seemed like the Big 12 was stabilizing. Well, let's back up a little bit. Earlier in the week, the Pac-12 announced they were not going to take Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, Texas Tech. Along with with Texas and Texas Tech. Because Pac-12 wanted Texas. Right. But they wanted Texas on Pac-12's terms, which which meant sharing of the Longhorn Network. Longhorns didn't want to do that. We're finding out a way to make that work with Fox Sports because on the the other side of the Rockies, that is their territory. Right, because the 12 current members of, I guess now the 12 members of the uh, Pac-12 are the new TV deal that they have with Fox will be paired in in six regional networks. So Fox Pac-12 has seven total because the uh, main will be a a conference one, basically, and then six regional networks. So... If they would have added Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Texas Tech, they'd have had to be a part of the new Fox regional networks of the conference. Longhorns didn't want to do that. So, uh, isn't, isn't Larry isn't Scott, with, uh, isn't that with the um, uh, USA? Didn't they just uh, get a Fox? Right. They, do, they, they now have a, a deal with uh, Fox as well. And they uh, left ESPN. And those, it wasn't too involved, but they settled and, and not come to say is business on Fox and and uh, their games, their days for their football games is not as much fluctuation as it was when it was part of ESPN. So Larry Scott announced earlier in the week that they were were standing, they were contend with twelve, and then soon thereafter, Oklahoma President David Bourne said that the Sooners are happy to be in the Big Five. We'll make it work, which is which is 
contrary to what he said earlier, like on Sunday, that but, he was hoping to, to go to the Pac-12. But, but, but what did he say? what did he add to that? But he did have stipulations. One of the stipulations that of staying in the Big 12 was replacing Dan Beebe, and that part has taken place. So, here we are today. Now, <laughs> Thursday night, was an, David Bourne made an announcement that... Uh, the Big 12 presidents had unanimously agreed to grant the conference office its TV rights for its Tier 1 and Tier 2 TV games for six years. And he said, Warren said this was a done deal. The Missouri president, or chancellor, excuse me, Brady Deaton said that's not the case. Uh, we have, it's still being discussed. We have not really uh, agreed on it because certain schools in the conference, the Board of Regents have to make that determination, not the president. So I think Oklahoma and Texas are two of maybe only three schools in the conference where the president makes that decision rather than the Board of Regents. So it's still up in the air. Now the importance of this is if the schools agreed to grant their TV rights to the conference. The kicker is the, a school cannot leave, or they can leave, but their TV rights do not go to the new conference. They stay with the Big 12. So that's a lot of money we're talking about, potentially that you're letting go that you will not get for six years, up to six years. So that is that has more teeth in it than the exit fees of, of certain conferences and things like that. So we'll see how all this goes. Uh, the Big 12, you know, I thought it was has stabilized Thursday night, Friday morning. It's not as stable as maybe it could be later on. And then, of course, there's still a thing with Missouri because Missouri still has a outside chance going to the SEC. So if that happens, you know, then we'll have to reevaluate all this again and see if the Big 12 uh, will look to expand and add some teams to their conference. Well, it's given us topics. It's given us topics <laughs> so every week. It's given, that, it, it's given us topics, but a lot of stuff we're talking about is the same thing, just added a, a little, another layer to the to the conversation. Thursday, the U of H men's basketball finally released and announced their schedule for 2011-2012 season. And I say finally because you and I and the media had been requesting the schedule for weeks. That's right. Yes. So it is. It is literally it, for weeks. It is now announced. The Cougars have 19 home games, including their uh, one exhibition home game. Um, they have eight new players, five freshmen. The schedule, you know, it, it's not the home schedule, especially, is not full of uh, juggernauts. You know, big name programs, TCU, LSU, come to Hawk Finds. Um, one team that comes to Hawk Finds is. Folks down here may not realize or think of as a big time program, but it's Oakland out of Michigan. And folks, it's, come, it's that, coming here in November, on November 22nd. That's They're a very good basketball team. They're a program and they like to get them down the floor. So, uh, and they don't joke around. They're, I mean, they're much better. You may not know them, but, but they are a very good team. Uh, the Cougars, you know, once again resume, continue their games against the Swack opponents playing. Uh, Grambling comes in. In November, in the home opener, regular season open on November 12th at 7 p.m. inside Hart Pines. Uh, they go to Oklahoma City to play in the uh, in a classic um, on December 17th. The game's going to be on ESPNU versus Oklahoma Sooners. 
So there there are some games in it, and the game two games against Bryce will both be on on TV. Um, February eighth game against the Owls. The home game will be on Fox Sports, while the March third game against the Owls at Rice will be on uh, Comcast Sports Network. So I have link to the schedule on my uh, website, HoustonRunBarView.com. You can see the link to it on the homepage right now. Um, it's you know, it's a bridge to what we all expect to be a even better year in 2012-2013. This season they'll be improved from last year. Next year. Um, they'll be even better than this year with Daniel House and Dan Ratchick and those coming in uh, as among some other talented recruits that uh, Dickie and, and the coaches have brought in. So things look up for the program. Uh, the Rice Isles announced earlier they're going to have, yeah, I think, seven uh, of their games will be on uh, TV as well. I talked to uh, Coach so, Ron uh, on yesterday, and uh, he gave me the schedule. They've got nine uh, non-conference games at home. Uh, they open up on Saturday, November 12th, against New Orleans, which is their, this is their last year in Division One uh, basketball, and they're moving down and, and out uh, to the field house. Then another SWAT school rolls in into the eastern area, southern country to Tudor on uh, November seventeenth. Then uh, November twentieth, Sunday, Tudor Field House, three o'clock. Two former Cal uh, coaches will be uh, going against each other: Todd Bozeman at Maryland Eastern Shore and uh, Coach Ben Brown. Uh, Todd uh, was at uh, Cal and uh, went through some situations. Uh, a situation, rather, and uh, Coach Brown was his replacement, and now they're both at different schools, and they're back. Uh, they're back on the sidelines, uh, getting some things done. They'll be reacquainting themselves and all with, with each other. Also, uh, Rice goes to, to uh, the South Padre tournament. Uh, it's interesting. They're playing uh, Northern Iowa and Iowa State. Uh, Big 12, Northern Iowa was in the tournament last year. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they got to the Sweet 16 uh, last year. If, if I'm, I think that's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, another local matchup, uh, Rice goes to HBU to, to play. Uh, Coach Cottrell and uh, Coach Brown have gotten together and looking to open up a series now between the two. And somewhere down the road, they are, they've both talked about the – the uh, the city classic, yes, that, <laughs> the one that you and I and, and one other one one other person here in town. Well, Coach Cottrell has has won the city classic. And he talked about it with to us for years, and this was before the Huskies were. Well, this was back when the Huskies were NAIA, right? Now they're in the Great West in uh, Division One. I. I don't see uh, any good reason why this a classic of some sort cannot happen. Especially involving, you know, we're talking about the Huskies, Rice, the Cougars, Texas Southern, you toss in Prairie View some years, you're talking Sam Houston some years, Aggie some years, some combination that needs to be done. You can rotate it on uh, the school sites, or if it eventually it becomes big enough, have it in the Rockets facility downtown. But that needs to happen, in my opinion, because it's a way to drum up interest in all the local programs. And see some good basketball at the same time. So, um, and we know the Owls yeah. playing. Uh, Matter of fact, on Willis the, Wilson, yeah, uh, shooter in, in December on twenty eighth. December twenty eighth at seven o'clock. In between that, they've got uh, uh, St. Thomas on the thir- uh, December third, Tudor, uh, Louisiana. Uh, 
It just has Louisiana. I don't know. It's, it's Louisiana College. It's not LSU. Okay. Louisiana All right. College. Thank you, sir. Uh, December 14th, Tudorfield House. And Lamar comes back to town uh, on December 17th. Uh, this, uh, December 19th, Temple comes to Tudorfield House. That will be interesting. That should probably be a loss. Uh, based on, based on recent success. Right. But, but I also have... One of the best players to come to is saying Arsenal Kazemi, and, and he's playing. He's helping, helping his team right now, so uh, qualify for the Olympics, right? And, and there, uh, from what the conversation that Coach Brown and I had yesterday, which you can find at uh, AKSV, the CSR dot blogspot dot com, uh, it'll be posted uh, this uh, today. I, I finished editing it this morning, and it will be on the blog this afternoon. Uh, and Rice finishes out the uh, non-conference schedule on December 31st at Texas. They open up. Well, I'll take that back. They're on the road again. Uh, they go to TCU on, on January the 4th. Open up at home. Uh, conference play with Marshall, who uh, Coach Brian told me, informed me on yesterday, have, if I'm not mistaken, he said four of their starters back. Rice has four of their scorers, top scorers back, and they also have some help coming in. And hopefully this year, uh, between Tamir and Arsalan, once they get some help from output from their, their teammates, it should be an interesting year for uh, for Rice. Blah, blah, blah. And blah, I, blah, I will blah, say this, blah, blah, I will blah. stay with this. They should get to NIT. Okay. See, year. that's what I want to talk here about. You know, they should. They should. They it. should. You know, they have get pieces it. around, developing pieces around Arsenal. You mentioned Tamir Jackson, the point guard. Um, the Owls this year, once again, should be better than the Cougars. Right. This year. They swept them last year. Right. Swept U of A's last year. Right. As a Cougar alum, Rice also beat Memphis last Should year. be the last year that Rice is better than U of A's men basketball. Hopefully. Should be. Hopefully. Doesn't mean that that would be the case, but should be. Even and the same can be said on the women's side. The Rice South women's team oh. this year should be better than the Cougars. And this year, and, and after this year, that should not happen for the next two, three years. But but, but Jessica Custer for the Owls is still the best player in, women's player in the city. But I don't think she has as much help as the Cougars will have next season. So let's, let's talk about the uh, women's basketball right now. Neither one of us have uh, been able, because of scheduling, have not been able to get out and see an open gym uh, to see what, to actually get a look at what hopefully we'll we'll see on the floor this year. But one thing we've noticed: uh, everybody seems to be healthy. Haven't seen anybody. You know, they they look to be ready to go. Um, hopefully, this season people start back talking about. Basketball, women's basketball on the college level here in this area. Who people like who? Folks outside this area. No, 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 no. I'm being, I'm being serious. People like who? Because if it doesn't start from the school and from the program, well, no, we're not, it, it, not, it doesn't matter. We don't, we don't, we don't have that that, that kind of uh, marketing uh, juggernaut here in this area to promote women's basketball uh, enough to create interest, which explains uh, the crowds and all that show up. Now, mind you, uh, it could be a test to, you know, not having the comments here anymore, but folks. That's, 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 that's part of it, but 
the local schools did do a great job connecting with the comments when the comments were here. So there wasn't a, a there wasn't a, a marketing synergy between the comments and the local women's college team. So that was that's everybody's fault. I, I heard about that years ago. Um, talking about the Isles women's team, I want to congratulate former uh, basketball player point guard Katie Rivern because oh, yeah. she earned a spot on the Canadian okay. senior net women's national team. We're getting old, Wildcat. Because you know, saw Katie play all four years. Last time we at, saw her, at she was junior team, and that's right. And I interviewed her uh, years ago when she was trying out for the junior team. So we're getting old, sir. Um, but like we both said, Dolls have Jessica Custer is the best women's player in the city this year. Period. And Jessica Custer is one of the best players in Conference USA this year. Period. She was freshman of the year last year. She won the freshman country say freshman of the week award eleven times, something like that. Um, she has a good chance to be preseason conference USA first team. I doubt if she'll be player of the year because and, she's only going to be a sophomore. And, and which I have a problem with that. But that does not mean she's not the best player in the conference. But uh, I got a problem with that because I mean, Chandy was conference player of the year, sophomore, junior, and senior year. So. You know, Custer's not that same kind of, same kind of player. She, I mean, Chandy was a legit score. Custer's more close to the basket. What she can do, she can dominate the game. This, yeah. this is well, what Chandy can do. She had, had way. done, had, uh, well, let me say it like this. She hadn't showed uh, floor skills yet. And what I mean, mean by that was putting the ball, you know, take, stepping outside, putting the ball on the floor, and then doing things with it. But the Owls go to Prairie View to open their, their season on November 11th. So, uh, and the Owls play. HBU, so you know, even the women on the women's side locally is trying to develop those city rivalries, you know, so that is a step closer to getting some sort of city classic here. Um, but now let's talk about I want to shift gears and get into my baby wick, the NBA. Yesterday, what, yeah, talk about that. What, what, is it, what does that um, mean to, to, to the layman that, that buys buy tickets? Thursday was the second of two straight days of meetings. Uh, second, yesterday, Thursday was uh, smaller meetings between uh, Commissioner David Stern, uh, Adam Silver, uh, owner San Antonio Spurs, owner Peter Holt, with uh, Billy Hunter, executive director of the Player Association, Derek Fisher, the president of the, of the Player Association. They met for about five and a half hours, did not come to uh, any agreements, did not come to anything uh, substantive, and now everyone today is expecting the league to announce the... Uh, the way it was worded Thursday night was the postponement to the start of training camp and uh, preseason games. That's inaccurate. League is not going to postpone preseason games. Both games are canceled. Okay, you don't postpone exhibition games. So, you know, so those, that's not even... Just, just tell it like it is. Those games are canceled. Now, you can push back to start training camp. That's, I mean, because you know, we know at some point, whenever an agreement is reached, training camp will take place. If it's just for a week, right. that's going to happen. So that's right. Training camp was postponed. Expensive games were canceled. Late last night, uh, Rick Buecher for ESPN cited his sources saying that one of the things mentioned in all of the labor talks yesterday was that David Stern, the owners, wants... Considerably, what the players uh, 
percentage of the basketball-related income, which is currently 57%, to be well below 50%. You can take what you want for what uh, what is well below means, but because uh, initially, initial initial numbers the owners were talking requested from the players was about be around 40 percent right they wanted to just slash everything and and reduce the numbers from 57 to 40 percent the players had agreed to lower their demands from 57 to 54 to 53 percent so they were starting to come back down but nowhere close to 40 percent obviously that's why we're still having these discussions games may be postponed you know preseason games are canceled fine whatever ironically I'm not concerned. I don't know if, if I'm old. I'm not indifferent. I'm just not concerned because Rick Buecher later wrote, he tweeted that uh, despite all the gloom and doom from Thursday's meetings, he still talked to a number of NBA insiders who believe the season will start on time. I don't know who those people and are, then, but they are drunk. And then another person who I've grown to respect, Ken Burke, CBS Sports, believes the same thing will happen. Because his reasoning, based on his sources, is the fact that the owners made a proposal, a, mon- a number presented to the players, should basically establishes room for negotiation. So we know where the players are coming from about 54%, the owners are around 40 45%. So within that range is a room for negotiating. So the, they, uh, the players and owners will again meet next week. And then uh, the drop dead date probably for a season starting one time or games or whatever was probably October 14th or so. So I'm not concerned. I don't believe it's all as bad as people think it is. If things are not uh, started by the 14th, then games will be missed. And then by that time, I'll be focused on college basketball, so I may not even care anyhow. But super agent David Falk was quoted in a tweet that this this is his opinion. That if one game is missed, the entire season will be lost. That's an extreme but that's perspective, right, that's, that's, and I don't, I don't see that happening at all. You know, he he's been talking gloom and doom for two years, and now to go from one game, one game being missed, the whole season being that's that's asinine. Okay, that's my opinion. But that's asinine. You know, if he didn't say one game missed will result in a shortened season, he said a whole season will be missed because one game missed. I don't think that's what happened at all. You know. So I mean, there may be a short season of 50 games or so, but that's a big leap from going from one game to the entire season being missed just because uh, November rolls around and season, there's no season. The season may start in December. You know, I mean, I start October 31st, whatever, but going from nothing on October 31st to nothing for the whole year is ridiculous. I don't think that's going to happen at all. <clears throat> now, if we're coming around January and nothing's happening, then we can talk about no season. But, I think that's nonsense. So anything else you want to add? No, my only question now is, after, after getting that information out you know, yesterday, you know, what what does that tell us, you know, about grown folks playing childish games in a boardroom? Because that's, that's, that's the way I'm looking at it now. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's no different than any other negotiations. They're waiting, no, they're no, waiting for, it's, they're it's, waiting it's for not, a deadline to get things done. Okay, now, I, I, that may be true. But in the, where is it written that I should guarantee you a profit on your investment? 
Oh, I agree with I agree with you because, with your argument because right now that is not the American capitalistic way. Thank you. And it's, but the NBA is not uh, well, what true capitalism they? because they are collective. They got a they got a board chairman who is what Davis uh, Davis Stern. Everything works for the owners, correct? And, but when push comes to shove, each one of them want to dump it on somebody else's desk. David wants to dump it on the, on, the, on the owner's desk. The owners want to dump it on his desk. And the players are just—they're basically like the—they are the union. You know, they are the employees. And nobody, none of those guys. It's like a, 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 a tweet that I got yesterday. Nobody got rich on their own. It was on somebody else's back. Somebody else had to work to get that done. You didn't get that get rich in you know, all by working by yourself. You had to go and get help. All, all, all those things are true, you, you know, and, you, and you're speaking like I uh, was thinking earlier this year, even back to 98, 99. All those things are true. And there was a Rashard Lewis from A-Leaf, Elsick, who was quoted in, I think, a Washington Post article about Michael Lee, right in front of the Post. And the quote that Rashard says, uh, the players aren't the ones negotiating. Okay, my agent does negotiating. My agent, if my agent calls me and says, I got you a max deal, I'm not going to say, no, that's too much money, man. I'm sorry. I want to take less. I want to take $20, 30000000 million less. No, no, no. He's right. If an, if an owner is offering you a max contract, you are going to take it. Any fan, fans out there blasting and criticizing the players for making too much money, don't criticize them for making too much money. Criticize them for being lazy, not living up to their contract. If an owner, any owner, offers any fan out there a hundred million dollars, you're gonna take it. You're not gonna tell an owner, Ooh, Mr. Smith, I'm not sure I'm worth all that money, sir. I make I think you need to cut back fifty million dollars. Come on, people, let's be real. Two people one recently and the other years ago. Pete Rose said this is back when he was, he was still playing, when he got his first million dollars. He was in a, a, a forum and the Folks in the, in the audience asked the question, and Pete just basically said, I would not be getting paid unless the owners could afford, could not afford to pay. If they are offering me a million dollars, why should I turn that down? Exactly. Because if I do, I can't go home. A couple of years, let's bring it up to, to reason. A couple of years ago, Houston Rockets was in a situation. Max contract was offered to one of your bigger uh, Rockets, Kelvin Cato, Maloney. Yeah, let's go with Kevin Cato because he was the biggest one uh, at that time. Based on a triple double in a preseason game, one game, folks. I've seen it happen with a scholarship. That was the first time I saw that. Is with 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 a contract. You got a max contract with a hell of a bonus, and you basically when folks asked you about it. You said out of your, well, he said out of his mouth, man, I didn't think I was worth that much. But they offered it and he but took they, it. They, they offered it and I didn't turn it down. Right. I, I couldn't turn it down. A coach recently, a football coach recently moved from one school to the next because the school offered more money. The AD had the, the stones and all to stand up and tell the folks sitting in the room that was upsetting everything. I could not go home to my wife and tell her I turned down $2 million and I'm making an eight fifty and and expects to stay in that house. I would be getting thrown I would be getting thrown out 
out on the street, close everything, probably get right. It'll probably be a wake the next hell situation for all the world to see. So the coach, as mad as I am right now about him leaving, he did the right thing for his family. Yeah, yeah. you know, let's not blame the players for accepting what's offered. You can blame the players for not being in shape, for not following yeah, the game it. plans and all those things. That's a different issue. But if an owner is going to give me $100 million based on my potential, because I haven't proven anything yet, I'm going to take it. So there is that issue um, based on, you know, recent, these latest reports. I don't believe that the NBC's, NBA season is lost. Uh, I'm not saying that it's going to start on time. You know, I do trust some of these information that I just heard and read recently, so we'll see how things go. But like I said, college basketball season is around the corner, so if the NBA does something asinine and has no games this year, I will adjust and move on to something else. We're going to wrap it up here. Thank you for listening to uh, KT and the Fifth of Wildcat Podcast. Where can folks find you, Wildcat? They can find me at www.kingsizeview.com. Hit that hot button with my mug on the front, the CSR, and it'll take you up to my blog. You can find any uh, college sports from the uh, local area and uh, teams outside that are visiting. Because I, I am one of the few that get both sides of the story. You can find it at... Uh, my friend across from me at where yeah, folks about your Twitter too, man. Oh yeah. My Twitter. Oh yes. Hashtag AKSV V C S R. you can other than that, uh, that's that's what that's what I have that's all I have today. All right. And uh I'm, I'm confused I'm K G of the Houston Round Bar View, Chris Gardner. Uh, co-owner and, and uh, co-founder of the Houston Round Bar Review. The website is HoustonRoundBallReview.com I have the uh, Round Bar Review fan page on Facebook. I'm also on Twitter at T-H-E-H-R Review. I also have a YouTube channel Houston Round Ball. You can listen to the podcast. There's a podcast also available on iTunes. You can see videos on the YouTube channel as well. So uh, once again, thank you as always for listening. Tell your friends about us. Hope you enjoy it. And the conclusion, as always, be true, be cool, and do more.